This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 6, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Federal startup funds for local rail projects encourage local governments to start something new, even though it may mean less money to spend on life-saving maintenance of existing transit. Randall O'Toole is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. He talks about the costs and benefits of federal carrots to build new rail transit. Well, Congress gives almost $2 billion a year to cities to build rail transit, and it's called the New Starts Fund. And this $2 billion a year is the last big discretionary fund in uh, the federal transportation programs. By discretionary, I I mean that uh, cities apply for the money, and then the money goes to essentially the politically most powerful cities. Uh, Our data show that uh, cities that have gotten rail transit funds get as much as eight times more money per transit rider than cities that that are content to to rely on buses alone. Uh, But moreover, we found that if you have a Democrat in your state who's on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, your state gets $120 to $160 million more per year than states that don't have Democrats. If you have a Republican on the committee, you might get anywhere from negative 20 to $50 million more per year. But in some years, having a Republican actually meant you got less money than not having a Republican on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. So this money is highly politicized, and it's highly inequitable. Uh, So urban areas have discovered the way to get federal money is to design really, really expensive transit projects. And then they impose, because locals have to put up half the money, they impose this huge burden on local taxpayers to cover the other half of the expense for a transit project that's really could be done with buses and and, uh, do a much better job. New starts, essentially what that means is money to get it built, money to get it built rather than operate it. Right. So, for example, here in Washington, uh, the metro system is suffering a $10 billion maintenance backlog. It has breakdowns regularly, smoke in the tunnels, killed a woman in in, uh, January, an accident due to maintenance, short failures, killed nine people in 2009. Uh, and instead of fixing those problems, they're spending $8 billion building the silver line, and they want to spend another $2 billion building the purple line. In Boston, they have a $3 billion maintenance backlog. They need to spend $450 million a year just to keep the backlog from getting worse. And uh, instead, they're spending less than $100 million a year on maintenance, and they're spending $2 billion building a four-mile extension of one of their light rail lines. Half of that $2 billion is coming from local taxpayers, and that money should be going to maintain the existing system. So what explains why cities prefer uh, getting this infusion of uh, federal cash to build something new rather than conduct maintenance? Politicians would rather cut ribbons than do maintenance. It's called uh, the ribbons over broomsticks phenomenon. But... Besides that, Congress just has this big pile of money out there that you only get if you have an expensive rail project. And so cities have this motivation to design really expensive projects. The first light rail lines built in America cost about $25 million a mile in today's dollars on average. Uh, By 2000. 
2000, they were costing $100 million a mile. Today, they're costing $200 million a mile. And one light rail line being built in Seattle is costing over $600 million a mile. It's as if cities are in a race with each other to build the most expensive light rail lines they can so they can get the greatest share of this federal bucket of money. And and just by comparison, uh, how do buses perform across several metrics as compared with rail lines? Well, buses can carry more people. The, uh, uh, buses moving on streets can move more than 10,000 people an hour, whereas light rail can only move 9,000 people an hour. Buses are safer. Light rail kills about 12 people for every billion passenger miles it carries, and buses kill only about four and a half people for every billion passenger miles. Buses are far, far less expensive, and they're faster. The, the Maryland wants to build the Purple Line in the suburbs of D.C., and they're expecting it's going to go only four, 15 and a half miles an hour. Buses on city streets, if we just just have them stop at the same frequency as light rail, meaning about once per mile instead of five or six times per mile, can easily go faster than, than 15 and a half miles an hour. So buses are superior in every way. And you know some people say, well, middle class people won't ride a bus. Well, all you have to do is spruce up the bus, paint it a special color, offer free Wi-Fi, you know, do a few special things, and you'll get all kinds of people riding the bus. Buses also aren't fixed. You can put a bus going any number of different directions and change it uh, on a whim. That's right. They're enormous, enormously flexible, and you can run buses down a corridor and then have them fan out to a lot of different neighborhoods, whereas rail only goes where the rails are. We only have about 10,000 miles of rails in this country, and we, uh, in, of rail transit lines in this country, and we have 4 million miles of roads that buses can go on. In San Francisco, uh, they have an expensive rail system that doesn't serve Silicon Valley very well. And so Google and Facebook and Apple and other companies have bought their own buses that they run around the, the urban area to take their employees to work. And these buses are double-decker buses. They have comfortable, comfortable seats. Every seat has power plugs. They have Wi-Fi on board. And so their employees are happy to take them. And this is actually created a furor because uh, people say, well, we shouldn't allow these private buses to compete against our public transit system. But actually, the buses are providing a service that the public transit doesn't do because they stuck themselves with building this expensive rail system that doesn't go where people need to go. And, and something that uh, you sort of alluded to, and that's the idea that by putting billions of dollars a year into new starts you sort of pervert the budgets of all of these local agencies that might otherwise be spending that money on maintenance. That's right. Uh, but we have the maintenance shortfalls, but we also have a lot of cities that have actually cut bus service. Atlanta, for example, in order to pay for its expensive rail system, cut bus service to minority neighborhoods. The same thing happened in uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. NAACP even sued, successfully sued the Los Angeles Transit Agency for cutting service to minority neighborhoods in order to build rail lines into white neighborhoods and uh, got a 10-year uh, uh, court order requiring the transit agency to restore bus service to the minority neighborhoods. 
as soon as the 10 years was up, the transit agency then cut that service again and then started building rail lines again. So uh, there's just this enormous political pressure to build toy trains that don't work very well uh, when buses would work a lot better. Randall O'Toole is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.